Matt Bergman, and you're listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 275. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. What's up, guys? Crystal Woodworth. How's it going? James Babb. Great to be with you. And the one and only, the wonderful, the magnificent, Vermin Supreme. Hey, kids! Woo-hoo. Hi, how are you? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a nice mask you got there, man. Where'd you get well, that? Well, yes, I, I, I've discovered that, you know, because I generally and traditionally wear uh, uh, multiple of neckties, uh, that I could create my own uh, COVID-free uh, necktie mask. And it also uh, sort of doubles as the Cthulhu uh, tie configuration. <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet, dude. That's amazing. Uh, but, but since we were just talking, and even if I sneezed or cough or, or spit at the lens, uh, it will not spread anything your way. So I'll yeah, just, we're, uh, we're perfectly pull that down for now and, and fluff out my beard because I, I know people really like it when my beard is exceptionally fluffy. Thank you. I, I know Jared was saying that earlier. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jared was saying like, God, I hope his beard is fluffy. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you have someone on staff to fluff it for you? Uh, yeah, uh, there, you have there a are fluffer? fluffers on staff. That's oh great. wow. Sweet. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. own staff. That, that's good to know. Yes, so, the, 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 uh, so you're already creating jobs. It, it, uh, all amenities. All, all amenities. Uh, so like you're not even president and you're already creating flupper jobs. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> sex work is work, friends. What can I tell you? <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, dude. So, uh, Mr. Mr. Supreme, yes. so how many... How many times have you run for president, like in the past? Well, in the past, I believe we we figured out because I've been running uh, for about thirty years, uh, and I guess uh, generally recognized as ninety two was the, the first election year that I started working the New Hampshire primaries, and uh, so I think about uh, eight times, maybe eight times four, twenty four. I don't know, something like that. Sounds about right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's count it. 92, 96, 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012, 2016. So that is uh, seven times, and this is my eighth time uh, mucking around with the presidential election cycle, I suppose. Now, of course, it's worth noting uh, that, you know, all of my previous campaigns, uh, were essentially absolutely, uh, fictitious and satirical in nature. Um, although I was certainly on the ballot in, uh, DC and, uh, New Hampshire and came in third and came in fourth. Uh, but they were absolutely, uh, not real campaigns. Um, although I did come in third and fourth in the New Hampshire primaries. Um, but this time, of course, this year is very different. Uh, this is the first actual bona fide, genuine, legitimate uh, campaign that I've uh, ever had the pleasure uh, of running in. And uh, my campaign manager, Desiree Lindsay, reached out to me uh, over a year ago and uh, asked me if I was interested in, in running uh, a serious campaign. And uh, after giving it some thought, it just seemed like a very natural progression, quite frankly. I mean, you know, for having you know, work, been working within the fort for so long and uh, having established myself as, as a known candidate, um, albeit a satirical one, uh, I thought that it would be a very interesting thing to attempt to uh, try and uh, make it more uh, reality-based and uh, 
and give it higher stakes. Um, you know, because every cycle I try and make it a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit more more interesting. And um, this has certainly been a, a very interesting challenge uh, to myself. And it's been a, just an amazing thing to have uh, so many people uh, working uh, on my behalf uh, on this shared common goal. Um, you know, I otherwise, I mean, if I wasn't really dragged into this and really wasn't representing uh, this particular group of people, um, it would just be a whole lot easier just to be coasting along and, and playing uh, pretend uh, candidate again. <laughs> uh, but because, you know, my campaign staff, you know, over a, a dozen solid uh, principled libertarians uh, representing both the, you know, left and right uh, leaning uh, segments of the party and, uh, and all this, uh, this base of support that, that I've developed in the libertarian party and even though I'm not the the first choice of, of everyone, I, I think most people generally uh, like me. Well, I mean, for those you, haters. You, you actually are the first <laughs> choice of, of a lot of people that I've talked to. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And, and so, of course, that's a, a, a wild uh, position for me to be in. Uh, you know, if you had to ask me, uh, you know, last election cycle, you know, Verbin, uh, in four years, uh, you could you could be a legitimate contender for the Libertarian Party nomination. Um, I don't think I would have really believe that it was a uh, an actual thing does so it con uh, does it concern it, you does it concern you that some people are saying that that donald trump has stole your stick and he kind of uh, made no, it work for him i mean uh, no i think there's that that uh, there is a video that went uh, viral in 2016 where i claimed to uh, be to have uh, paved the way for donald trump trump yeah and uh, in in a way you know i don't think that's 100% true but in one way it is in the fact that i was you know had brought a level of uh, ridiculousness and ludicrous and uh, stupidity to the presidential election cycle. Well, well and, uh, like that's it, never been there before. <laughs> no, and, and ultimately, I, I think well, it might point to uh, you know my success uh, at spending so much time mocking and uh, delegitimizing uh, the process, and so perhaps I did in fact soften the ground uh, in that sense. Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, maybe you have to hit the bottom. I, make, I wasn't clear on that. What was that? I, I, was, I was wondering if you wanted the boot on my head or not, because I know a lot of uh, Dude, I just, want you to be, in, I just want you to be comfortable, man. I, I admire I, you. I was going to ask yeah. where the boot was, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I have it right here, and, you know, it's. It's not uh, required. There's no, there's no, no dress code I, 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 at yeah. Punk Rock Libertarian. I'll, I'll just give you a good screenshot of it or whatever, yeah. just for the people. You can, you can take that selfie screenshot of us all together. Um, because, of course, you know, the boot is a magical boot. Of course, it, it does, uh, has given me a power to amplify my uh, First Amendment free speech voice uh, exponentially. It's allowed me to communicate Mm -hmm. with millions of people around the planet and uh and inter interface with media from across the flat earth and uh, <laughs> a, a lot of you know it the boot is uh, has is a, my communication strategy that has allowed all these things to happen uh now of course my my run in the libertarian party there is just a certain uh, level of uh vermin or boot derangement syndrome where people <laughs> just really freak out about the boot and yeah. uh, have real issues with it. And of course, sure. uh, you know, even at some of the debates at some of the state conventions, uh, they actually had a novelty headwear uh, restriction, a, a ban on novelty headwear. It's that is so square. Who, which, which organizations did that? I want to, let's call them out. Oh, that is so geez. dumb. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I can't remember all of them. I believe Georgia, I believe Florida. 
Um, I, I think maybe Arizona. I, I can't remember, but it was obviously an affront to, aimed at the boot and uh, at uh, Dan Berman's. Uh, I was going to say Dan Berman was a victim of that too then. Yes, absolutely. So it, it wasn't specifically aimed at me, but it was certainly aimed at uh, decorum. But I think, yeah. I think they all understood the irony, the, the implicit irony involved in the uh, party. I think they're jealous. I think they're uh, jealous because they don't have any novelty headwear. Yeah, and it takes, you know, it takes a certain amount of cojones to go out <laughs> in public with a boot, right? And uh, one, one, of, one of my friends, in fact, she, I said, hey, uh, Jill, give me some questions for Vermin Supreme. She goes, what's with the boot? What is with the boot? So, um, you well, know, that's, that's it's a, your that's communication strategy. You know, I think that's part of it. But what, what else has it been? I mean, it's certainly been a trademark. It's been it, it a... Has. Well, I, the boot, it, I will often tell people that, that my sort of toss-away line is that it stands for all that is good in America. The ability to wear a boot on your head if you want to and not have the t- government tell you otherwise. Right so on. that's one tact where I, I sort of pivot towards a libertarian uh, position. Uh, sometimes the media will ask me and I will tell them that the, the boot is a pile of shit and that they are the flies that buzz around it. So there's that little media critique that I like to throw at them. Um, of course, um, I think uh, one of the beautiful things uh, about the boot, of course, for me, is it, it, it's a signifier. You know, when I'm walking down the street, it, it signifies to people that what the, uh, they might be uh, about to receive may not be linear. Um, and there is, the, if you take my photograph in any circumstance, any place, anytime, here, there, anywhere, and you show it to a kid, and you ask that kid, what is wrong with this picture? That's what they're going to tell you. Guys, guys got a boot on his head. That's weird. And uh, so, yes, it's just sort of embracing this absurdity uh, and yet presenting it with such conviction and confidence uh, that it seems perfectly normal. That, it, yeah. that uh, I, I think one of my favorite things that somebody uh, had commented was that he looks like a, a, a wizard that doesn't quite understand how a muggle dresses. <laughs> And, so, uh, I think it's so, yeah. and, and so I, I've spent all this time going to the state conventions and, uh, you know, trying, well, convincing people that the boot is not attached to my head, that, you know, that I'm my character, that I'm not always on, uh, that I'm not right. constantly disruptive, and that I'm a very reasonable person with a very reasonable offer uh, that I'm putting on the table to the Libertarian Party uh, of my services as a candidate. And, uh, that, that's how I'm uh, interpreting it. That's how I, I believe it is. And, uh, you know, it, yes. How has it been received as you've been? I, I mean, I, I, I've seen the, the love that people have for you and the, the people just, you know, they adore you and want to get their picture taken with you. Uh, but, I, but I guess this Libertarian Party thing, like, you know, I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, as to really how, I think you, you mentioned it earlier that you, you know, generally been well received, but I got to believe, like, I'm just grateful for the ripples that it just sends through, whether it's to, whether it's to bring in like more, more uh, radical people or more creative thinkers or to scare off the squares. Either way, it works for me. So uh, what has been your experience? Overall, it, it's been very, very positive, especially uh, during the, the convention seasons, especially when we were meeting uh, live. 
Um, and it, it, it's sort of surprised me almost every time mention, I thought I, you, I would always think that, well, I've been doing this long enough. I would think these people sort of know what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm doing. And yet it seemed that like a good chunk of them really didn't know me beyond the meme, beyond the more crazy stuff that, I, that I've done on the internet. And, uh, and it was really critical that I speak to people, you know, one-on-one or, or them seeing me on the debate stage explaining and uh, de- deconstructing and, and contextualizing uh, what, what the project is. Um, and then they, people would grok it, they would get it. And so, you know, when I was doing that live, uh, I was meeting some amazing people. I was meeting long-term fans, uh, was one type of people um, who, who knew, when I joined the party were seriously concerned. Long-time libertarians and long-time fans, it was over, that overlap. But they, when they knew I was joining their, their party, they got really uptight. Uh, but they got they understood what once I was able to explain it to them and uh, and they got over that. And the other type was just flat out people who were terribly op- opposed, oppositional. And yet it seems like I was able to win over um, a number of those t- uh, type of people. Uh, I think it uh, I think it was in Illinois, the, the last one or maybe it was Pennsylvania. Uh, but a couple of gentlemen came up and they said, oh, Vermin, hi, I'm so and so. And I've been very, I've been saying very terrible things about you on the internet, but I want you to let you know that I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, nice. And I think just that, you know, it, th- those are, are, those small victories are, are, are pretty powerful. Yeah. Winning uh, hearts and minds, right? Yes. And of course I, I understand, you know, people are very invested and they're very, you know, they, they're possessive and they, they don't want, uh, you know, uh, somebody who they think is a crazy person to come in and, and, uh, and make them all look like fools. You know, I mean, and that was one of the, the messages. But it's never stopped to... them in the past. I mean, they, they oh, did bring Bob true. Barr in. I mean. Uh... <laughs> and uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I maintain it's, it's all in the framing. I believe that uh, if the Libertarian Party uh, decides to go this route, if the delegates and their wisdom uh, choose me as their nominee, uh, then essentially it is owning the joke. If we own the joke uh, that is a vermin supreme, I mean, uh, then then they can get ahead of yeah, it. I got to say, like, as a person who voted for Bob Barr, which I, I, I regretfully have to admit that I did vote for Bob Barr and I, I was voting for more of the party than Bob Barr. Um, oh, like, I got to say, like, I, I feel much better, like, like leaps better about vermin supreme than Bob Barr. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I do my best. I mean, that's I mean, a pretty it's, low it's, bar, it's not, though. It's not saying <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. That's not really. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, what, hey did, Vermin, did, did Vermin. you start any? Did you start any wars with Iraq? No, you didn't. Okay, uh, you're better we're, than working Bob on Barr. it. Working, okay. working on it. <laughs> hey, uh, Vermin, Vermin. On a serious note. Yes. Do you hate the state, and if so, why? Oh, uh, well, I have always been an anarchist uh, my entire adult life, and uh, have definitely considered the state uh, to be. Uh, uh, not uh, an unworthy opponent, uh, illegitimate. Uh, I believe that uh, government is is evil. I, I'm along the, the, that whole uh, Prudine rant about you know government is is crushing you. Oh, government is destroying you. I mean, government. The state wants to own you. It wants to possess you. It wants everything you have. It wants to control you. Um, yes, I, I don't believe in the state. And uh, of course, as such, I've been uh, uh, using this uh, platform and, and tactic to attempt to mock the fuck out of them and, and make those points. 
So, do, like, in, in 2020 now, do you feel like you found home at the Libertarian Party? Because, I mean, we're obviously, like, the party of, like, the most state haters, right? Well, I, I, I must say, just the fact that the Libertarian Party is a party that consists of anarchists and minarchists working together to uh, try and banish or, or uh, deconstruct the state, uh, that, that, yes, I, I feel very welcome on that front. Um, and the fact that in, in 2016... Um, or, or, in know, our, or in our podcast, we don't even like to like, acknowledge Minarchist. Okay. All right. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking around. I'm just joking around. Because I will say that I have been occasionally playing the Minarchist advocate sometimes when I'm uh, talking to statists and the like, and, and they have no, these concerns. You, you, you yeah, I don't really audience. feel like going into why their concerns are are not, uh, you know, are not justifiable or giving them whole, some big explanation or not knowing uh, how to explain it. I just say, well, maybe we do need just a little bit of government to deal with that. And yeah, it's, it's a cop out. Sure. And it's a slippery like slope. Like in case you need to commit genocide, you're going to need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, there's a, there's no. definitely a need for government sometime. Free market can't yes, do everything. You know, ultimately, you know, the, the LP platform, which is, a, the, you know, the platform that I've been uh, trying to present to the people um, is, a, is ultimately a state this platform in most, uh, in most of it, they're certainly acknowledging the, the government, they're you know, allowing a minimal use of a, a minimal military. And so the, it seems like the platform itself pretty much acknowledges the existence of government, which I, I don't think we're, any of us are government denialists. We, we understand that it exists. Mm -hmm. We simply deny authority over us. Um, so now in terms yeah, of, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the state. I've always uh, but on the other hand, uh, I've never been a, I've been leery of a, of a big violent armed uh, Boogaloo style revolution too. <laughs> and yeah, um, I've always been more about a, a more velvety uh, boot, uh, a velvet boot revolution, if you will, right. perhaps. Uh, Winning hearts and minds. Yeah. yeah. So it went through a nonviolent uh, direct action. Now, now, do you identify more with, uh, at least on the anarchist front, more with left or right? Or do you even draw that distinction? Um, I myself, uh, I like to consider myself a rainbow anarchist. And I say that because um, I learned pretty much everything, you know, all, a lot that I most, a good chunk, four fifths, uh, two thirds, oh, uh, I don't know, maybe three fifths uh, of what I know about anarchism uh, from, the, from the rainbow gatherings. Uh, are you familiar with the rainbow gatherings? Sure. Um, yeah, essentially they are uh, yearly events and, and smaller ones every, every, uh, all over in between. And it could be like seven to 10 to 20,000 uh, hippies out in the woods in a national forest uh, gathering. It's a leaderless, uh, uh, non-hierarchical, uh, consensus-driven, uh, council-driven, uh, anarchistic organism. It's essentially a temporary autonomous zone and it takes place in a national forest every year. Imagine, if you will, um, 4,000 people sitting in concentric circles uh, waiting for dinner. All of a sudden, from the woods, from up to 100 or more different kitchens built in the woods, um, they send out food in five-gallon buckets, and, the, and, the, and 100 people come down with these buckets and start feeding the people. Also, at this time, it's dinner time, so announcements get made. People are going around uh, giving uh, health and safety information, parking information, um, information on the talent shows and the drum jams that might occur, might be occurring that night. And then the magic cat goes around. The magic cat is a, a place where people can throw their money because it's a non-commercial event. Uh, um, and so the, the only, it's a spiritual money laundering, if you will, people put their money in the hat, 
goes around, goes to the middle of the circle to the banking council. The banking council counts the, the number of the money, makes the announcement how much there is. Anybody can join the, the banking council. It's, uh, it's transparent. Um, they interface with the uh, supply uh, council. They interface with the kitchen council, uh, representatives from all the kitchens. They give their lists. The, the kitchen council shares uh, different uh, concerns, uh, what might, you know, and all that type of thing. Uh, supply goes into town with the money, comes back with the food, and it goes over and over again. Now, there's also miles and miles of uh, hose. Uh, springs are tapped, uh, sometimes miles away, to, to get water to all these kitchens. Wow. Um, and the thing about these gatherings is that everything that happens, and it has so many moving parts, um, it happens because people see the need and understand the need and come together and make that happen. Oh, Entirely. we need to collect wood? Okay. Oh, yeah, you collected wood? Okay, that wood needs to be sawed up. Okay, we need to dig a shitter? Okay. Oh, we need to close a shitter? Okay. Um, you know, oh, we're making dinner tonight. We're making, uh, you know, rolls for, for a, a thousand people. Who will help us, uh, you know, carry the, carry the uh, flour up from supply to the kitchen? You know, who will help build the stove? Who will um, help me knead the bread? It's, it's, a, it's a big red hen situation, but everybody's on board and everybody's helping. Mm -hmm. And um, this is where I learned about anarchism and, and mutual aid and people coming together to, uh, you know, form these councils that make things happen. And uh, so for the first several years of attending these, uh, these amazing events, uh, that is sort of where I polished off a lot of my clowning skills, uh, being a goofball, um, pushing humor to all, all sorts of, of wacky limits, uh, doing stuff for a laugh, um, doing uh, talent shows, uh, you know, uh, doing uh, master ceremony work and that type of thing. And then after a few years of that, I also started paying attention to another level that occurs there another service that we uh, as uh, anarchists provide for ourselves, and that is security. And uh, essentially it involves a lot of crisis intervention because there's so many people and nobody in charge. A lot of crazy shit happens, sometimes bad shit. And uh, we are trying to keep a lid on that or, or at least uh, figure out what's going on. And we're, it's all about trying to form a council to, between the offender and the offendee or, uh, or offended and uh, try and come up with restorative justice uh, uh, scenarios and uh, wow. responses and this type of thing. Uh, although we certainly will uh, facilitate uh, uh, somebody who has been wronged to that extent to, to the authorities, if that needs to happen for them uh, to be satisfied. Um, so I was able to start to bring, and essentially it's, it's really just sort of a, a glorified camp counselor in, in, a, in a way, uh, but on the other way, um, it's like I say, anything could happen. So you, you just gotta be ready for anything. And uh, so I was able to bring my clowning and humor skills into these crisis uh, scenarios, uh, which came in very handy and, and sometimes in terms of uh, distraction and redirection, that type of activity. Mm. Um, and also one of the things that we do is uh, do cop block, if, if you will, uh, cop walks, watching the cop, because the rainbow uh, gathering itself is, seems to be in a direct opposition to the government because the government is constantly trying to mm. impose their will and uh, they have tried to impose permit schemes over the years uh, that have had to go up to the Supreme Court. Um, and, but they, and they have spent up to a million dollars a year. The Forest Service has spent a million dollars, up to a million dollars a year on an incident command team specifically dedicated to following uh, the rainbow gatherings around, <laughs> interfering with the rainbow gatherings, uh, creating illegal roadblocks, uh, shaking people down, um, you know, working, coming through the gatherings and, and being, uh, you know, creating serious tension sometimes. Um, well, that's an awful people. lot of freedom in one place. You can't oh, expect yeah. them I mean, to just I mean, sit on the sidelines and, and just allow people to live that freely. 
absolutely no they, they, they we're smoking weed out in the middle of nowhere they want to ticket us for it you know people have their dog off the leash in the middle of nowhere they, you know they want to take it you're nude in the middle of nowhere they want to come in and ticket you for you and a lot of times it creates really intense crazy scenes uh which culminated i'd say in wyoming uh during that national when uh on the fourth of july uh one of my friends was just walking along he was sharing weed freely with the people and some of the fucking uh, undercovers, you know, started following him. And then he made his way to a kitty village. And that escalated into a, a situation where uh, the, the National Forest Incident Command team opened fire with pepper ball spray, uh, with pepper balls on us unarmed civilians uh, who, in a heavily, in a, de- a place dense with kids. It, it was insane. In Michigan, uh, back in the 90s when, when we were there. Um, the uh the the okay the water situation was not uh because there wasn't a lot of springs to that and so we were trucking in uh water but by tanker truck and people were uh bringing in 55 gallon drums of water and at one point during the event the national forest service incident command team pulled over a supply bringing in 55 gallon drums of water for uh, kids, for the elderly, for, for civilians, for people. And the, 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 the pigs, if uh, part of my expression, made them dump out the water on the ground. Are you serious? And uh, Or what? And, what and if they, like, they how did they, they force do, that to happen? Just like, you're, you'll do it or we'll shoot you? I mean, how did, they, I, how did that go I, down? I don't know. if I think it might have, it, it probably, of course, it was at the, at the threat of, of, of violence. It was, I don't know if they had their guns, weapons drawn uh, to force that to happen. Uh, but however it happened, it, you know, they, they intimidate, they intimidate the people. And a lot of times, uh, in the permit signings, they will intimidate people into signing the permits because we maintain no one can sign a permit on anybody else's behalf. It, it can't be possibly done. How can you be responsible for all these people? How can you be responsible for my behavior? And so that's a moot point at, at one point we actually end up, uh, suing, uh, the government for, for accepting these obviously fraudulent signatures and we're somewhat successful on that. Um, so it's just this ongoing thing. And uh, one of the things we do as a security is offer uh, the cops escorts. You know, like I said, we walk with the cops. And so early on, I was walking with, you know, I'd spend an eight-hour shift uh, escorting uh, a bunch of state troopers or national uh, incident command team members um, and using humor to have fun with them, make fun of them, uh, warn the people that they were on their way, and, uh, and try and smooth out any stupid shit that might occur. And uh, and I felt very comfortable doing that because I knew my back was watched uh, by my by my family at all times, and so that is where I, you know Rainbow was very essential in me picking up a certain set of skill a skill set uh, that allowed me to take this type of activity out into riot world. Uh, you know because when you go to a demonstration, a lot of times you have this protesters, you have the police, and there's this space in between them that is essentially a vacuum. And eventually something will happen. The cop could take a, a pot shot with their pepper spray or a protester could rush the cops and, and stupid shit could then unfold. And I discovered that I uh, could walk into this space with my bullhorn and, uh, and, and command that space, take that space over and, uh, and chill it out with uh, you know, a calm voice and humor and uh, you know, giving important uh, 
you know, street medical information to the people and safety information to the people, you know, walk, don't run, just trying to avoid crowd panic, which can lead to a stampede and that sort of shit. I mean, that, that lessens the risk uh, of something bad going on considerably right there. Uh, I like to read riot control manuals uh, that I have uh, gleaned various bits and pieces of to the riot cops uh, to sort of train them up, uh, you know, re, uh, retrain them, if, if you will, trying to let them know what I expect of them as an oppressing force. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just try to talk, tell them to, you know, I know you'll attack us uh, if your commanding officers tell you to do that, uh, but I'm just going to ask you straight up, pull your punches. You know, you, you can make a show of it and move us along and you don't have to hurt us and shit like that. And mm. sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. Uh, but all in all, it's uh, I, from anecdotal evidence and my gut feeling, it has definitely lessened the risk of, uh, of violence in a number of very intense uh, situations. Um, That's and incredible. It's, it's, it's actually a skill set that is transferable. It's trainable. I've also given uh, workshops on it and uh, certainly hope to, again, uh, use of the megaphone and the tactics of de-escalation. And if you, if you uh, I don't know if, if, if you should watch, have you ever watched the uh, documentary who is Vermin Supreme? No. Oh, okay. Right. It's a feature-length documentary. I would highly recommend it uh, to anyone who uh, wants to really understand the context of, uh, of what I've been developing all these years in my activism. Uh, it's on Vimeo, uh, is the one where the filmmaker actually gets a little money for it, a couple bucks. Uh, so who is Vermin Supreme on Vimeo? And, uh, oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of testimonials, you know, I mean, I, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but, um, you know, people say things about me and I have to, oh, yeah, I mean, that. you have fluffers to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, back, back to my campaign staff and my supporters in the LP. I mean, ultimately, you know, they are the only, they are the, how I gauge the legitimacy and the validity of my campaign. I mean, I just don't know enough about the lay of the land to really understand, um, how legitimate it really is uh, but so many people understand it to be and understand and have endorsed me and believe that uh, a vermin supreme candidacy putting forth this nonlinear messaging with my vp spike uh, cohen is is a way to really legitimately in the real world uh push the party forward in a, in a positive direction and uh yeah i mean Fuck the politics respectability. Am I right, my fellow punk rockers? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, um, so we're like like almost halfway through this podcast. And oh, shit. Crystal Woodworth, okay? Crystal Woodworth is fucking awesome. She's actually the vice chairman of the Maryland Libertarian Party. Yeah. And we're lucky enough to have her with us tonight. And I happen to know, you know, one of the reasons why I invited her in here is I know that she's a huge fan of yours, Vermin. And I'm sure she's just aching to ask you some awesome questions. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if my questions are going to be any more awesome than anyone else's, but I am very excited. <laughs> yeah. In 2016, I was a big respectability politics person, and then 2018 happened, and that was terrible. Um, and, <laughs> and I was like, who's this Berman Supreme guy? And uh, I was going to mention your, campaign, that, your wow. campaign team because uh, people say you're the joke candidate, but you have the best campaign team. Your website is fucking awesome. Thank you. you have a bard. <laughs> Your videography is awesome. Your social Thank media you. team is awesome. Thank you. Um, so for the joke candidate, you have the, the best fucking team. Yeah. And so, it, it, it's, always a joke been, it's, it's always been a, a very serious joke to me. You know, it's always been a, 
uh, with a, a serious statement, a serious message behind it. Um, but obviously all the frivolity is uh, what has propelled it forward. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, but ask me, ask me anything, Crystal. I, I lived in Baltimore for seven years. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I think you're, you're in the best position to uh, get invited onto the presidential debate stage with Trump and Biden. <laughs> I, think, I, think I mean, I, I, I suspect that if I were, if I am the nominee and uh, they po actually poll it, I don't see how I could, how people could not give me 15% in a poll. I don't, I don't know that you're dirty enough to roll with those guys though, Vermin. Well, I can, I can pretend, I guess. <laughs> Have you been contacted by Goldman Sachs or Lockheed Martin yet to, to like, st you know, start getting their relationship down with you just in case you win? Not even Colgate. <laughs> I wow that would seem like a shoe in or a boot in i should say <laughs> oh man so, so vermin how what would your what would you be like in a, in a debate with trump and biden would you smoke weed on stage <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude would that would be for them well I, I i suspect that if i was on a debate stage with those two candidates, I would have to be so much larger than life. I think I would be so puffed up, and I think <laughs> I would be, uh, I, I, I think I would be forced into a position of having to be a really, you know, a, a, not a not a full on maniac, but but put out a, a serious amount of energy, and yet getting the the message of our party across. Certainly, I mean that that would be. Uh, would be something I, I, I imagine it would be similar to some of the debates I've been partaking uh, in during the Libertarian Party, where it's like a, a joke, you know, a, a question is asked, I am able to answer it with a quip or a joke and then pivot it back to a more serious uh, response. Um, but I suspect that, uh, you know, I, it would be, you know, I'd be using my uh, exaggerated uh, body movements and, uh, and, you know, trying to get as close to the other candidates as I could. And uh, <laughs> it, it would be, uh, I, I, yeah, it would be, be pretty intense. And of course I would try and uh, screw around with the uh, convention of it. Uh, I don't know if you saw me on the uh, Jesse Waters, uh, Waterworld Fox show a few months back. No. Yeah, I was on, no. they invited me onto Fox TV y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was this Fox news? Uh, it was a, uh, well, I guess they call it news. I think it was their news division. <laughs> called waters world jesse waters total jerk off um, <laughs> but i but i i knew his mo and his mo was essentially to pepper his su a subject with questions and then uh you know make fun make them look really stupid if they had one answer to or so, you know and so i went in there and my whole uh idea was to essentially own it own the show go toe-to-toe -to -toe, and i went in there i opened with a couple biden jokes uh, which i knew would get them on my side real quick and uh, then I just uh, started uh, screwing around and, and, you know, owning. I didn't give him a chance to, uh, to own me, essentially. And, but at one point during the uh, show, while he's talking to me, and it was only a four-minute segment, I was in this uh, chair that, that spun around, a spinny chair. And so I just started slowly spinning. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it, if you watch it, it's just so damn weird because nobody does that. It's not done on TV. And it was just me taking the opportunity to really do something just weirder than fuck. And, uh, and it was simple. It was simple, but weirder than fuck. 
uh, much like wearing a boot on one's head, simple boot. So um, in, in that particular uh, episode, that instant, I wasn't able to get uh, a lot of libertarian ideas across, although I was identified as a libertarian. And, um, but that, that's just the way that particular uh, thing played out. So yeah, check that one out. It's was, it was pretty effing funny. Maybe we can get some of these links in the show notes, Matt. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll throw that Sweet. in there. That sounds good. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't read my uh, interview in Teen Vogue from last month. <laughs> are, you corrupting the, are you corrupting the youth? Wait, this is, <laughs> yeah. is this the same publication that, like, is trying to get, like, teens into, like, uh, you know, ATMs. all kinds of weird stuff? Yes, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. the one. That's okay, the one. sounds like a perfect uh-huh. venue for, to, uh, uh-huh. for you. So, Indeed. Uh, Indeed. So, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely got a lot of mainstream cred. That's for sure. You do, you do. Which, uh, which, which yeah, mainstream I people, media. I think most people get it. Yeah. What? Which mainstream media show would you like to go on that you haven't been on yet? Like of any, any of the mainstream. Like, like what about the view? Have you been on the view? I, I think they could use you on the view. <laughs> oh, that'd be so the amazing. Would you be fun. I, I appeared on Meet the Press one time when they were uh, filming up in New Hampshire, uh, and it was like uh, there was this picture window, and I went behind the picture window and started licking the window. Um, so technically, I was I appeared on uh, Meet the Press. Um, hey, uh, Vermin, where do you live right now? Uh, right now, I live uh, up in uh, Cape Ann, Massachusetts. It's a little peninsula that you got your Cape Cod, which is the big peninsula south of Boston, and we're the little one north uh, north of Boston. Uh, got a little uh, cheap rental house in the woods. Been here 30 years. Oh, yeah. um, just, you know, no kids, no pets, no credit card debts. Uh, just me and my <laughs> wife living a, a very low rent lifestyle. And uh, it, it, uh, a thing that certainly helped us uh, make it through this particular mess. And um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, no, it's a really good place to... Got sort of in the woods, uh, close to the ocean, and uh, actually every night at about five thirty or so, I've been uh, hosting a live stream on the Facebook, uh, which usually can, often consists of an actual live stream. I've been streaming uh, nature around my home, uh, ideally water, uh, reflections on the water, um, rolling water, ocean water. It's just sort of a a, a presidential service that I'm presenting to my constituents who might be cooped up in uh, in an apartment somewhere. So, like, have you, have you ever uh, cons- that's a lot of fun. have you ever considered moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Um, you know, if I didn't have such a, a beautiful place with the cheap rent, uh, of course, it would be on my list of things to consider. Um, the Free Staters uh, are certainly uh, also another big part of uh, you know how I learned about. Uh, libertarianism. I mean, I understood about anarchism for many years, but it was working up at the, uh, the New Hampshire primaries, uh, running for president and uh, interacting with the candidates and screwing with the, the media that, uh, uh, you know, put me in the proximity of the Free State Project. Uh, in fact, in 2012, um, uh, it was like one of the last big uh, Occupy uh, gasps, and it, we were going to do Occupy the primary. And so in 2012, uh, there was a whole bunch of left-leaning um, occupiers and the Free State Project, and we were all out in force uh, harassing all of the candidates. So like we went to Santorum events, we went to uh, New Gingrich events, and uh, we were able to even, even able to, to shut one, one of Newt's show, uh, events totally down uh, by surrounding it. 
And uh, the nice thing about New Hampshire is like, there's no, you know, it's so small that the left uh, activists and the right activists or, and the libertarians and the, they all know each other and they've all been working with each other for years. And sometimes they uh, work on different issues together. And so there's no real meanness or, or, or bad blood between them. And so at any moment, when at any of these uh, politicians' events, we would have the occupiers there, uh, the, the free staters there. I, I would be there in the middle going back and forth. And, uh, and then at any moment, it could just like, they could join forces and it could turn into a vermin supreme rally. And um, That's great. And uh, yeah, and, and we had a, a burning vermin uh, festival in uh, 2016, which was pretty uh, amazing. And uh, I think we had like had it, uh, three to 500 people and we had like the, the, the libertarian camps and sort of the rainbow camps. So the rainbow is over here and they're uh, scavenging uh, food from the, uh, uh, that was from the supermarket that was on the way to the, to the pigs, but they, they would uh, prepare delicious free uh, meals for people. And over there is the libertarians, uh, they're selling their food and, and it's all good and everybody's getting along and it's all beautiful. And uh, I think it's a real blessing of mine uh, that, you know, the, uh, the time I went viral uh, in 2012 when I glittered, did the glitter bomb thing, um, because it was perceived to be a nonpartisan act, um, it wasn't attacking a particular candidate or party, it was very well received across the political spectrum and has given me a, a real solid uh, audience uh, on, on all sides for, for a long time now. So, yeah. It does seem like you... It does seem like you have really uh, perfected the your role as a peacemaker and a bridge builder. Uh, you know, I've noticed um, that a stream, a stream crosser. Yeah, a stream crosser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, for instance, I know you know there's you know probably a lot of you know conservative libertarians like you, and I've seen like people from Porkfest and and the, you know like uh, and and Caps, they love you. But it seems like there's uh, like a whole an anarcho-communist uh, segment, or or libertarian socialists, or people that are coming at at this liber at freedom from a totally different perspective, and and yet like we all seem to to to, to have respect for you, and just how did you? Um, you know, maybe you're in a position to like explain to us like what's up with the ancoms, like. You know, like how do you how do you are you able to work so successfully in different camps? Well, I, I know, um, you know, I I come from, um, you know, the left anarchist perspective. Uh, number one, I mean, I have a real affinity for uh, the the writings of Kropotkin, and uh, you know, when I read Mutual Aid as as a young person, it, you know, as you read any uh, tome as a young person, it makes an impression, and it, it did make sense, and certainly uh, gave me a, a belief in mutual aid and the like. Um, and I think I have a lot of uh, cred. I have a lot of uh, street cred on the left um, because of all these uh, demonstrations over the years uh, that I had been attending. And of course, my particular skill of a, you know, ro rodeo clown or, or cop whisperer um, would often put me in a position because whenever I would see uh, the red and black, the, the red and black flags or the black block. Um, I knew that they were anti-authoritarian. I knew that they were going to probably confront directly uh, agents of the state, the police, and they might engage in some form of symbolic property destruction uh, against the corporations uh, that they took issue with. And so, uh, you know, more often than not, I would be running interference. I would head towards that mess whenever I saw it and would, uh, you know, run with them or, or, you know, in the proximity. 
but I would also, uh, you know, try and moderate their behavior. I would also, you know, tell them, you know, you know, be careful, you know, watch your backs, watch your friends' backs, and do whatever you are going to do, do it with love. And I, I was trying to disengage them from, you know, from like even if you're smashing a trash can or a Starbucks window, totally. you know, like do it, do it with love in your heart. Do it with love and joy. I, I, I concur. And um, so, so there is that. And then I, um, and so that, you know, I guess I have those, those longstanding uh, associations. And uh, I do think that I, I do get a lot of support from the, uh, uh, the, you know, the Libsock caucus, for, for example, and uh, which, which when I, even mention that or point that out to um, you know people out in the world who don't know squad about the libertarian party when, when I'm able to point out that it's not this uh, you know right-leaning monolith that that they might perceive it to be but it's actually a spectrum of, of political thought and strands of, of libertarian uh, ideas uh, you know that really throws them for a loop causes a moment of uh, cognitive dissonance and makes them um, you know reconsider their what they think as as does my very um, presidential run as a libertarian. I think that it, in and of itself has caused a lot of people to say, "Hey, what what's Vermin doing? What what he's running as a libertarian? What why? What does that mean?" So has that challenged your credibility on the left, or do you do they are um, they starting I, to be like, "Wait, I thought he was cool, but no, look, he's running there, around with there, those guys." There, there is there is, uh, there is some, you know. But once again, I mean. I believe in, that I have such a, a vast reservoir of, of political goodwill and political capital uh, that that Nobody it's okay. Cares. I'm not saying I'm Teflon, uh, but I've been. They yeah, trust you. I mean, you know, I, I think yeah. I'd say most most of them trust me, uh, and some of them don't. Uh, you know, I mean, some are are afraid that I'm drifting a little too far right, or or some people perceive me to be uh, you know a right a right leaner <laughs> or or something. Um, you have but done I, some I good memes them. with firearms, and that must that maybe alarm some of them. I, I don't know. There's been some, uh, some good. That, well, when I started uh, using uh, firearms in uh, in my First Amendment exercises as props, uh, essentially, you know, when I went to register for president up in New Hampshire and, and had all sorts of you know long arms on me, and um, and, and uh, you know, it, it's just it's just, and I had the guns and pony parade up in uh, New Hampshire this uh, this year, and. Uh, but usually, I, you know, I think most people, they, they just give me that leeway. They're like, oh, that's just vermin. Okay, that's, you know, they, they, they give me a pass for some reason. And um, it, it's, a, it's a blessing, and I guess it's just a, a payoff uh, for, you know, being beloved and, and uh, not being sort of an angry figure. Uh, you know, I've always maintained that if I was, you know, just a regular person talking regular things, that I, I would never have gone as far. Uh, but as far as ANCOMs go, you know, I, I am – Totally respect this whole idea of bottom unity of the, the bottom of the Nolan chart. Um, I, I believe that if the the anti-authoritarian left and the anti-authoritarian right are, are natural allies, and I think authoritarianism is the real en enemy in the uh, in the guise of the state and the government. And I believe that we need to you know come together and realize that our actual um, Thing that we have to oppose is is not each other i mean you know we, we once again i mean and and so i'm you know I, I present when i'm talking i mean i got so much love up in new hampshire during the primaries from the you know the, the tulsi uh, kids from the, the yang gangs from the uh, uh, all the bernie bros when, when i go to their events i was mobbed and swamped and and selfied and um so and a lot of them as their candidates dropped out uh started 
looking our way. We have a, a couple of a staffer from the, of the Yang uh, campaign who came over to us. And um, when, once again, that, that type of thing really validates the campaign for me, that, that it's real, that the people are coming over from different ways. And uh, as far as the, uh, you know, the Bernie Bros and, and the kids that, uh, you know, a lot of the, the more conservative libertarians are like, you know, oh, who needs those socialist kids? Uh, you know, I maintain that kids are, you know, as they say, polyflexible. They are politically flexible. Um, you know, they are open to new ideas and they are trying new ideas on and, you know, they are just grabbing onto the ones that make sense. And, oh, yeah, everybody should have health care. That makes sense. And so naturally Medicare for all because what else has been proposed? Um, you know, UBI, sure, yeah, free school, uh, free ponies, definitely. Um, and think like once uh, we go down this road, let's get right to the end, right? Free ponies. Exactly. I, I think that's perfect. It's perfect. And so, you know, but I, you know, and so I encourage them to come and look at the Libertarian Party, look at the platform, you know, see what we agree on, which is quite a bit. I mean, I remember when I, I asked Tulsi uh, Gabbard if she had read the uh, platform and, and she had said she had not read it, but she came back with a very impassioned uh, anti-war and pro-civil liberties uh, rant, which was, you know, she may as well have read it for, for that. Yeah. Um, so I think we, there's just a lot of commonalities. And I think a lot of people, of course, uh, you know, on the left and the right, uh, you know, instinctively agree with the, with the NAP. Um, you know, I've been a, a, I was a nonviolent direct actionist forever. And, and many on the left uh, are too and, and believe in that. And uh, it's just a matter of uh, figuring out uh, how, it all, how it all works together, how we can work together. And uh, any, any enemy of the state is a friend of mine, perhaps. Right on. Um, right on. But I, I just love the way that you're able to, you know, to, to build these bridges without necessarily compromising yourself or being different for one group or the other, but still you know, still consistent and still respected by such, such a wide camp, like that it's, um, I just think that's, that's a phenomenal uh, achievement. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. And it's just a whole of DNA and, uh, and upbringing and experiences that, uh, that is, a, a, has made me this, what I am now, you know, it's, as we all are, we're sums of our, our life experiences. And, uh, you know, I, I totally feel, you know, totally blessed, totally humbled uh, that I find myself in this crazy position where I'm just some old hippie who can, who lives in the woods and dumpster dives and, and you know, whatever. And, but is. All right. So when's the next means, rainbow uh, gathering and are we all going? So people. Are we all going all right. to the next, are we going to start, are you going to start bringing the libertarians to the rainbow gatherings? When's the next one? Um, well, right, right now, uh, it, the discussion is whether it will occur or not. Uh, it's traditionally the first weekend, and uh, right now, a lot of people are, are thinking that it might not be the, the best idea to get so many people together with, uh, with, simple, with limited uh, hygienic opportunities and what have you. So maybe it'll be postponed, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Traditionally, the, the National is, is always in the first week in July with a week for breakdown and a week for setup. And, um, and then there's always smaller regional gatherings. I, I believe they say that at any moment in time, there is a rainbow gathering happening somewhere on this planet. Uh, I've been to uh, gatherings in New Zealand. Uh, I was in Russia. Um, so, yeah, they're just uh, – it's, it's, it's a movement. It's, it's a free assembly. It's a temporary autonomous zone. It is what it is. Where, now, where is the national held, or is it different every year? It, 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 
decide at the year that it happens, they decide where they're going to have it the next year. And it's okay. always in a different national forest. So it will be, it was, te- it is scheduled for Ida uh, for this year, but they might just roll that over to the next year. Unpre- unprecedented, but hey. Yep. Sounds like unprecedented times. Definitely. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So how, how do you relate? Like, how do you compare that to something like pork fest? Yeah. You've been to pork fest before, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He's a, he's a veteran. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen vermin at pork fest. So oh, I, I can, nice. I can verify he, he was there. He was there. <laughs> I didn't see him there the year I was there, but, uh, Oh, I trust yeah, you I, well, I guess I don't get there every year. <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, sure, sure. Well, it, it's it's just a, a different different format. Obviously, uh, I think if it if uh, Pork Fest was not in a campground, and it was in the woods, and it was you know people weren't in, uh, it, it would be more similar, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, uh, I guess a big difference is the uh, the rainbow gatherings because they're our national. Uh, Forest Service land and using the First Amendment as their permit, uh, it is out of necessity a, a non-commercial event. Uh, so uh, commerce doesn't occur there uh, with the fiat currency. Um, there are there is bartering, of course, and it's a gift economy, of course. Um, so so there so there is that. Um, so what about yeah, something like Bitcoin? No, maybe maybe I, I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, but you know, and there there is the gray economy. I'm not. I won't deny the existence of a little bit of a gray economy going off in the parking lot if somebody was going to buy or sell drugs or or something like that that they couldn't find. I'm not saying that because you know, sure, whatever. I mean, uh, I, I think Jared. What Jared's asking is, will he be able to give blowjobs for weed? <laughs> I, I said I Bitcoin. Think so. I I think. I think that will uh, he be able to give blowjobs for Bitcoin? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> I, I would be discreet about how you go about doing that. Uh, otherwise, people might take offense. However, well, you got a market to be successful in any yeah, business. So, it's a, it's you know. Pro tips from the vermin. Have you ever been to or heard of uh, Jackalope Freedom Festival in Arizona? I have heard of it, uh, but uh, I had forgotten about it. But you reminded me of it, and I have not been there. No. I think that this um, this is maybe uh, more along along the lines of a rainbow gathering, libertarian anarchist style, because it's uh, mm-hmm. it takes place on federal uh, on a basically uh, a federal cow pasture. Okay. Uh, in the B- woods BLM in Arizona. Land. BLM probably. Yeah, um, and uh, nobody's in charge. And it's it's a few hundred people that just show up in the woods and they're like uh, and, and the authorities have shown up in the past and they're like, who's in charge? And they're like, uh, Jack's in charge. Well, where's Jack? Well, I don't know, Jack. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's basically like anybody can be there, but you can't be there in, in more than 12 people. Right. Without a permit. Right. But we're all just here. Yeah, we're just we're just here. So. Nice. What, what what time of year does that occur? Um, I'm trying to have to. I have to check it. Um, I think it was in. Um, I think it's around end of August, or I mean, end of July, beginning of August, somewhere in that range. Interesting. And it's up in the it's up in the forest of Arizona, so it's not mm-hmm. like you're in the desert in the summertime. It's 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 a quite beautiful location, um, but it's it's definitely um, for those that have never been. It's kind of like Pork Fest mixed with like say we were at like a refugee camp somewhere 
like yeah. some, the aesthetic is somewhere between there. So that's uh, like, pretty cool. It, sometimes I'll describe Rainbow as somewhere between uh, the, the Flintstones and Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> like nice. everything made of bamboo. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Berman, like, what do you think about the your opponents running for the Libertarian Party presidential nomination? Well, I am super circumspect and uh, and polite um, when discussing all my very uh, worthy and accomplished uh, opponents. Um, I, I've I've enjoyed uh, debating them all. I've enjoyed working with them. It's been a, a wonderful uh, circuit. Um, of course, uh, all in all, I, I'd have to say most uh, everybody's sort of within uh, you know. The, a certain bandwidth of the libertarian framework. Uh, nobody's too far out there. Who's your favorite besides yourself? Justin Amash! He's so dreamy! I love him! I want to have his baby! Okay, okay, so and now, now who's your least favorite? <laughs> Who's your Who's your least favorite? Ooh, can he pick someone that's already dropped out? That motherfucker, <laughs> Justin Amash, coming <laughs> right, okay. fuck up with my nomination, my coronation. No, that was mine. I'm the nominee. Amash, get the hell out of here! Okay, right, right after I asked, I knew you were going to do that, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. No, you, dude. You, you set me up. Thank you. I appreciate I, that. No, no, I'm serious. serious. Dude, in seriousness. We, um, he, I think Hornberger is the next runner-up, right? It's it's mostly between Vermin and Hornberger. Well, you, so, you two are the, you two are the front runners, right? You know, yeah. I've read that uh, repeatedly, uh, even in the media, and so I have to accept that because it, it says so in the media. I'm repeating <laughs> it whether it's true or not. Yes. So what's your, ed, what's your edge on Hornberger? What makes you the better... Better nominee. I, I, I know what he does late at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is he that? calls the cops on <laughs> gatherings of more than 10. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there, so. I, I, we got the, the, the Mises Caucus is sponsoring a debate on May 10th. And the lineup is myself, Joe Jorgensen, Jacob Hornberger, and Judge Gray, Justin wow. Amash has been invited. So obviously, for some, that's that's a weird lineup, isn't it? Would you uh, awesome. would you be in favor of a debate here on Punk Rock Libertarians, where we bring in perhaps some of these front runners, and uh, and we just basically have a free for all? That would be uh, super fun because you know, I mean, you get a little played out on the uh, on that uh, debate format, you know, because it's sort of like mm -hmm. the same questions and the and yeah, it, I mean, know, the moderators change, but it's like okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, like Vermin. This is the Anarchy Basement. Anything goes, dude. Yeah, no, I would love to have a more free a free for all type of thing, and uh, especially I well, I don't know, you know, I, I think it would be fun. Like I say, I mean, I, I did a couple of. Uh, debates back to back uh, last week and it was like you know they were they were so just so similar it was it was like a little deja vu um hell yeah man you know, that, that's okay especially you know when it was live and at the uh, you know at the state conventions uh you know that, that was all good because each and every one of those was very you know they had their own flavor 
you know, it depends whoever was moderating, uh, who, what the audience was like, what the hall was like, what, you know, even what the, the seats and the tables were like. I mean, some of them were like super classy and some of them were pretty, you know, flimsy, but, you know, it, but they, it, they had a different feel. And sometimes I would feel like, well, oh, just pretty comfortable and loose. And other times, like you're standing up at a podium for two fucking hours trying to like, you know, look presidential and shit. Um, <laughs> So I, I did like that part. And of course, uh, running this more serious campaign has really uh, pushed me to, if not be more serious, but, you know, at least you know, not be uh, afraid of uh, presenting my more serious side, perhaps. Serious campaign and Libertarian Party. These things seem so weird in the same concept. So, uh... yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a good fit. I think the synergy it could will be amazing. I think, you know, uh, the the party draws it's a lot of media. It's it's a presidential candidate draws a fair amount of media, and I draw a good chunk of media. And together combined, I mean, if, if I'm the nominee, you got a picture like every media outlet in the entire world uh, collectively saying, "What the fuck happened?" Uh, you know, especially it would be a people. damn good question, right? Like yeah. like <laughs> like something's up with our culture when that happens. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, it, it would it would at least be better than Bob Barr. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that low ass bar. Uh, you know, I'm the voice of a new generation. It's not my generation, but it's a whole. It's the kids. They are. They are into <laughs> well, it. Well, here's they get here's this a shit. question for you. Yeah. Um, there might not be a Libertarian Party convention. Is that right? I mean, what are the prospects of a convention? And if there is no convention, will the LNC just pick Justin Amash because he'll get them the most? Um, like cocktail parties inside the Beltway. Uh, I, I suppose that's a, a, a real possibility that they, that they might go that way after weighing all the various uh, factors. Um, I, I think, of course, institutions are generally, uh, you know, I'm not saying conservative in the conservative sense, but, you know, they, they are conservative in the institutional sense. And, you know, I, I think any, if you give a an institution a choice between tried and true and something totally new, um, I think a lot of times they will err on the side of, of what is comfortable. Um, so but do you think it'll, it'll, it'll go you know, to I, them or are there talks about doing some kind of online delegate thing? Where's where, do you know where we're really at uh, with the, with the process? I, what I, what I, what I've gleaned is that they're talking about possibly postponing it to July. Um, what I think I might have gleaned is that, uh, you know, they have to have some physical meeting of some uh, number of people to amend the bylaws to, to make things different uh, for because I think if, uh, you know, there's certain things in the bylaw that if they're not met, then it would be an automatic default uh, to the committee making the decision. Um, you know, obviously, we're hoping for a live uh convention i think you know, i will certainly do uh, better in that uh, circumstance uh, especially with the, the you know be, because it, it just uh, adds a whole level of uh, interesting ranked choice uh, voting and uh, you know different delegates splitting different ways and and that type of thing so it, it would be a much more interesting you could, you could actually i hate to to scare you but you could definitely get the nomination by being everyone's second choice and as the as the bridge builder, you could definitely end up in there because if nobody gets the the majority or goes to multiple votes, or or if, uh, if Jacob Hermberger dies of COVID nineteen, 
<laughs> but, but like, let's just say, let's just say that uh, you know, there's there's the Justin Mamash uh, Amash people, and there's the Jacob Hornberger people, and if it doesn't look like their candidate's gonna go, gonna get it, they're gonna throw their support to 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 another candidate. But they may be so. There might be like they might be. They're probably all gonna be willing to go with you instead of the person they've been battling, right? And that could end up being what it takes to, to give you the nomination. Yeah, um, no, that's, it's not implausible. Um, you know, I, I, and I don't know, I, for a while I was, I'm just sort of standing by now. I, I previously, I was cautiously trepidatious that I could very well get it. Um, on a good day, on a, you know, I was thinking for a while there, I was feeling like, uh, you know, 50, 50 odds weren't uh, too far uh, outrageous to guess. Um, now I, 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 it's, it's hard to say. I, I can't really gauge it uh, just because there's, uh, uh, we, we, know, we know the unknowns we know, but we don't know the unknowns that we don't know, I think was the Rumsfeld quote. Um, so <laughs> so I know, just want to make know, sure you're braced for the, on the podcast. I'm just wanna, I just want to brace you for the bad news that you might get the nomination. Okay? Yeah, just I mean, just again, start I, getting used to that. I, you know, I was asked when I was asked if I want to run a serious campaign, uh, that was certainly a, a consideration that I might actually get it. And, uh, of course, um, like I say, w- with trepidation, but I, I agreed to this, I've put out my offer of my services and, uh, and I understand uh, what is involved, uh, of me to, to pull it off and it will be involved of all of us, you know, owning the joke. Uh, hashtag in on the joke, uh, you know, stressing the fact that, you know, it is our joke. We put this joke up and, you know, it, it is with love and with spite that we are presenting this joke to you love because the electoral system has turned into a joke. Um, and uh, ultimately, I think because uh, a lot of people are looking for that meme, can, a lot of people are friendly, meme friendly, and it's a new generation and it's a, it's a new world that uh, we live in on the internet. Um, yeah, I mean, these, these are all the speculative um, possibilities that we've been presenting. And uh, if p- enough people buy into it and we make it reality, then we see what happens. Well, uh, Vermin, I'd like to, like, thank you for coming on here. Um, it's been uh, fucking awesome. And uh, I mean, I definitely w- am interested in setting up a debate in the near future. So, uh, and uh, maybe a hope- rumble. I think yeah, there's been enough like a royal base. rumble. Yeah, yeah like maybe some kind we, of we should probably should have rumble. We should go like balls balls out. You know, yeah, balls no, it, it, I mean, it could be really interesting. Like, you know, tell us about the uh, community service you've participated in. Uh, you know, t- tell us your favorite uh, punk rock band. Uh, you know, I, now, I, what is your favorite punk rock band, Vermin? Um, you know, I I guess I'd have to go with the, D- the Dead Kennedys. I guess I just uh, did right, you recently cool. perform yeah. Anarchy in the UK? Nice. Um, did i see a video that was that was a while back that that was that was when i was running for uh the attorney general in kansas okay so that's awesome okay so the dead kennedys is your favorite rock band is your favorite punk rock band what is your what is your your favorite dead kennedys album i guess that uh fresh fruit for rotten vegetables i suppose or holiday in cambodia i mean i I yeah 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 fresh fruit would probably be my favorite album too so yeah <laughs> hell yeah dude you know uh, now i'm a super big fan of the gang of four uh they, they were very influential for me uh musically i think nice um used to hang out in, in baltimore um down near the uh, congress hotel uh the, dude, the vermin Bar. that's where we're at 
That's where Jared and I were in Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah you know, man. Then you know the Congress uh, Hotel, Mulberry Street there, whatever. And um, yeah, there yeah. was a Jules's Loft, which was a legendary. Right. Yeah, little, legendary. Uh, just, well, that that's where I cut my teeth. I used to uh, go. I used to hang there. I used to be a graffiti vandal in Baltimore, Maryland. I was big pig, dude, baby. Fuck yeah, dude. Big Hell yeah. Man. For sure. Dude, I, I'm like 39, and that was like a little before my time, but I, I've heard about it. It's legendary. Yes, I, I cut my teeth there. I, I spray painted there. Uh, I saw True Sounds of Liberty, uh, you know, uh, Scream, uh, Meat Puppets, uh, you know, geez, all, just all sorts of fucking uh, amazing bands uh, back in the day. Awesome, man. That's awesome. So uh, we're about out of time here. Okay. We're, we're actually going to take things over to Anarchy Bar. And if you want to join us and hang out, you're you're welcome to. If you got to go, we respect that. But, um, dude, we we thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Roman. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, I appreciate it, and I, I thank you for your support, and uh, look forward to your support. And uh, like uh, everybody can, uh, you know, check out VermanSpring2020.com. Uh, we'll assume you're familiar with the Libertarian Party platform, but I'll throw it LP dot org slash platform because that's uh, one of the links i'm constantly pushing out there um and uh, like all, all those good things watch the who is vermin supreme documentary on vimeo it's called who is vermin supreme uh, i've got the ipony book uh, merchandise uh, back at my site all, all sorts of crap uh, I, you know i got a lot going on but on the other hand i'm just hanging out at home um so what, what's the anarchy bar Oh, so we're just going to throw up a Zoom link and people are going to come in and talk. And if you, if, if you want to join us, they can ask you questions. That would be so cool. And yeah, I think that would be like totally fucking awesome. So if you want to join us and it's literally just like hanging out, like, you know, getting fucked up, whatever, talking real shit. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Send me the, the link, I guess. Well, uh, just or, just stay in this uh, Zoom link, and and we'll get there shortly. If you want to hang okay. out. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Cool, I'll, cool. Just, uh, I'll, I'll take a little break, and I'll uh, turn off yeah. my camera, and I'll, but I'll come back in a little bit. Yeah, okay, that's sweet. Totally fine. Come back. Come back when you're ready. Now, right. um, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm just gonna take this out. So uh, the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast tonight is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom podcast, hosted by Moral Bob. Also, we have t-shirts over at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL or the code PRL podcast, you'll receive a 10% discount. Now, if you're purchasing more than $50 and you type in the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's pretty serious. You guys are getting up there. Hell oh, yeah, yeah. So there, there's no after hours tonight, but we're going to head straight on over to uh, Anarchy Bar. So uh, if you want to hit us up over at uh, Anarchy Bar, you know you, you know where that shit is on Facebook. It's just Anarchy Bar hosted by punk rock libertarians. Until next time, live hey, free. Hey, hey, can I make one more quick pitch? Yeah, go for it. Quick pitch. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the candidates, all the candidates to the LP are happy who can recruit the most members. I'm crushing it, but I'd like to continue to crush it. So if you've ever wanted to join the LP or want to re-up your membership, uh, go to lp.org slash vermin supreme and uh, it's 25 bucks to join and uh, I don't get a cut of that I wouldn't if I was a candidate but uh, ah, whatever um, thank you have a nice day victory yeah. follow me to victory people victory there you have it there you have it until next time live free or die stay this is break the blood that is shed Treachery, the 
baby So do the gods and the machine You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can't put freedom in death point in a fine land You support the truth, then bring them home I believe the jokes will do the best for you And I believe that we have the power, have the power Not aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes absolute!